1: And hello, welcome in Tuesday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us. Big 10 football media days underway at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis already today. We've heard from Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren. He had some interesting things to say overall about the conference. We'll get into those in just a few minutes. Also coming up at noon, and you can get all this live, or most of it live on the Big Ten Network, uh, Tom Allen will address the media for kind of what I call his opening presser uh, right around noon Eastern time today. So a lot of Big Ten football out there right now, which is great, which is awesome. It means we're getting close to school being back and high school sports returning in the college football season, which is followed by the college basketball season. And so some exciting stuff coming up here over the next few months, that's for sure, as we get back into our Normal sports routine. Glad to have you with us today. We do this show weekdays at 11 a.m., complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. And uh, let's jump right into the show lineup today a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, we'll have lots of headlines today. We'll start at the Big Ten Conference since football uh, is the name of the game today. We'll tell you what Coach Warren, let me say Kevin Warren, not Coach Warren, had to say and uh, get you primed for what to expect from Tom Allen coming up a little bit later today. And some other IU football news as well. Not good news. Indiana running back David Ellis is reportedly going to leave the football program because he's just had so many injuries, and so we'll tell you about that here in a moment. Also, big recruiting news. Xavier Booker released his top ten schools yesterday yesterday. And as expected, Indiana is on that list. We'll tell you uh, who the other schools were and maybe what his recruiting looks like moving forward. And uh, a way early look, another updated ranking at college basketball for this season has the Hoosiers in the top 15. And uh, much more coming up here in our opening segment. Later in the hour today, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier will join us. We'll talk IU football with Big Ten media days underway. And uh, we'll also get into some basketball stuff and talk Xavier Booker and recruiting and a lot more when uh, Mike Schumann is with us today. That's the lineup of service of Honeybake Tam in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go and curbside service still available at Honeybake Tam in New Albany. And the Thornton's text line is open. This is my daily reminder as we begin things. You can send in questions and comments and your thoughts on the Hoosiers and local sports and whatever it may be. Uh, we always are glad to have your input today. 502-414-1450 is that number. Again, 502-414-1450 is our Thornton's text line. It's summer cash Bash. At Thornton's, which means each week one lucky refreshing rewards member will win $10,000 all summer with a grand prize of a 2022 Chevy Tahoe. Simply open your Refreshing Rewards app and click on the Summer Cash Bash icon to enter. And that's not all. You can earn additional entries by purchasing select top brands like Mountain Dew 20-ounce bottles, hot dogs, Bud Light 12-packs, large Doritos, and many more using your Refreshing Rewards card. It's Summer Thornton's Cash Bash. If you're not a member, text REWARDS to 80313 today. That's 8031. 3 today. Let's get into our headlines for today. First off, today at Big Ten Media Day in Indianapolis, uh, or I should say days, it's multiple days. Indiana, Iowa, Maryland, Minnesota, Michigan, Nebraska, Northwestern, the seven schools that will be featured. Day two tomorrow uh, includes the coaches and key players from Illinois, Ohio State, Penn State, Rutgers, Wisconsin, Michigan State, and Purdue. So seven schools, including IU today, seven more schools, including Purdue on Wednesday. Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren, probably more interest in what these commissioners of the leagues that have had media day so far uh, have had to say than any other year, even though they're becoming, it seems, more and more prominent figures in the world of sports. But Uh, Kevin Warren said that there is only one Power 5 conference, the Big Ten, that had, uh, and this is interesting, it has all 14 coaches back from last season. Not a single coaching change, which really is, I think, a remarkable stat. One other thing he mentioned in his uh, little opener to Big Ten media days, he has a son, uh, his name is Powers Warren, that plays on the Michigan State football team. I did not know that. A lot of questions to Warren. And a lot of talk from him about the addition of USC and UCLA. He uh, was asked if they would become immediate uh, full partners of the Big Ten Conference. I'm sure that mainly means from a financial perspective. He really did not have an answer for that. But he talked about expansion. He said that really he had been mapping out what the future of the Big Ten Conference could look like. For a number of years, even going back to discussing this when he was going through the interview process to become uh, Big Ten commissioner, so uh, that was interesting to hear. And he was asked about the Big Ten's role in the future of the college football playoff and its very likely expansion. He said, quote, I'm 100% supportive of college football playoff expansion what is that right number of teams? We'll figure it out. I still strongly feel that we need to open it up to multiple media partners. I'm confident that uh, uh, I'm confident that the college football expansion will happen. So um, obviously, I think we all uh, agree with that, and and all for the most part like that. Uh, but definitely some interesting things. He talked a lot about NIL. Uh, and again, more about USC and UCLA and the expansion of the conference, what it could look like. Very guarded, as you would expect, in some of those responses. But definitely interesting to hear him uh, here to open up the Big Ten Conference in their football media days. And then a negative IU football note, and there just have not been a lot of positive things this off season to talk about. Recruiting has went okay. Uh, that's probably been the biggest area of positivity for IU football. We just don't know about this IU team. We don't know what's going on because so much was closed in the spring and there was no spring game. But David Ellis, who entered IU, with is a really a promising prospect and got off to a fast start with the Hoosiers. He is leaving the football program for health reasons, uh, he's a senior this year, a running back. Uh, he's going to take what's called a medical hardship disqualification. Uh, that means that Ellis will get the opportunity to retain his scholarship at Indiana, uh, but it does not count against against the NCAA's limit of 85 scholarships for a Division I football program. Last season, Ellis appeared in the first three, three games of the year before he had a season-ending ankle injury. And if you remember, he rem- he was moved from wide receiver to running back uh, back during 2020 in the spring practice there. So uh, you hate to see that, uh, somebody that uh, was a veteran on this IU football roster where veterans are needed. But David Ellis leaving the IU football program for medical reasons, it was announced by multiple people yesterday. Also, switching to basketball now for a moment, couple recruiting things here in this opening segment. Xavier Booker, uh, after his explosive spring, where he just had scholarship offers coming in from some of the country's best programs left and right, it seemed, yesterday announced his top ten list, which included Indiana, I think as everyone expected it would, Oregon, Purdue, Cincinnati, Gonzaga, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Auburn, Michigan State, and Michigan uh, in his list, his top ten list. Uh, one of the top players uh, is Booker in the class of 2023, 20, uh, so guys that are going to be seniors as high school gets back underway in the upcoming season in November and December gets started. If you rem- remember, when the rankings were updated some point back in the spring, in the two four seven sports rankings, he rose eighty seven spots uh, to high, as high as number four in those rankings so far. Booker six foot ten, two hundred and five pounds. He's a forward at Cathedral. Helped Cathedral to a state championship last spring, which kind of was really the 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 start of his big uh, big year, the start of his big spring when he really uh, was uh, showcased his athletic ability in front of coaches in those two spring evaluation periods. He's been to Indiana last season for a game. He took an unofficial visit to Indiana uh, during the middle of the high school basketball scrimmages and things like that on June 15th and uh, so obviously he's uh, he's been to the campus uh, twice and uh, has has been somebody that Indiana I think the coaches of Indiana watched him as much as they if not more than they watched any other 2023 prospect in July and that's saying something because a lot of times the events that Booker was playing in were not the big shoe events, not at the Peach Jam. He did a little different path when it came to his travel basketball, so the team he was on wasn't really a part of one of those big circuits, which means, yeah, there were probably some other players there, maybe younger players of interest for Indiana, but they kind of had to go a little bit off the beating path to to watch him and to focus on him in the month of July. So no surprise, IU in the top ten for Booker. I think still a lot of decisions to be made by him. This is a recruitment, it seems, that could really draw out, given the number of schools that want him really bad. If he had cut his list to five, I really think Indiana is in the list of five. Um, I really think Indiana is with him throughout his recruitment. I don't know that ultimately he'll go there. Uh, but it does appear that Indiana has done what it needs to do to be a finalist, whatever that means, if it's a 5-4-3 list cut that he makes next. I would personally be really surprised if uh, IU isn't in the mix for Booker All the way until the end. Also, if you're looking for some basketball on this Tuesday evening, there's something called the Geico Summer Series. And Gabe Cups from Centerville, Ohio, his travel team and Adidas team, the Midwest Basketball Club, they are going to play at 9 o'clock Eastern time tonight. It's out in Las Vegas and his team the uh, Midwest Basketball they are going to take on a Nike team Strive for Greatness is the team's name. A 9 o'clock tip on ESPN. There's four games on tonight starting at 5 p.m. on ESPNU a couple on ESPN. And the late game at 11 o'clock is on ESPN too. The reason that I mention this not only can you see Gabe Cups, but The Strive for Greatness team uh, is where Bronny James, the son of LeBron James, that's who he played for this summer. They just left the Peach Jam, headed to Vegas, and this is kind of a made for TV event that is going to take place out at Bishop Gorman High School in Las Vegas. So you can see Cups against Bronny James. I'm sure LeBron will be in attendance. We know the connection between Cups and Bronny and of course LeBron as well. And uh, so a little Tuesday night basketball for you. I know a lot of you are very intrigued with what you've heard about the true point guard Gabe Cups, he can score it as well. And uh, you got a chance to see him on national television tonight, or at least on ESPN at nine o'clock, as his Midwest Basketball Club team takes on Strive for Greatness. Another look at a way too early update from ESPN on their top 25 in men's college basketball for the upcoming season. Indiana in those rankings holding put. At number 15 in the country, the little capsule that uh, is with the IU 15th ranking says, quote, Given that Indiana lost 14 games last season, barely made the NCAA tournament, and lost by 29 to St. Mary's in the dance, anointing the Hoosiers as preseason Big Ten favorites seems like a big step. So where will they improve on last season? For one, the Big Ten isn't nearly as strong at the top. The Wisconsin Badgers, Purdue, and Iowa all lost top 10 picks while the Illinois Fighting Illini and Ohio State also lost a ton of talent. But Coach Mike Woodson also brings in two newcomers who should immediately help his team. Jalen hood shafino will give the Hoosiers another playmaker in the backcourt, someone who can get his own shot, while also creating for others, while Malik Renault is a terrific inside scorer who ensures levels don't drop when Trace Jackson Davis heads to the bench. For what it's worth, I'm also high on a third freshman, Forward, Caleb Banks. The projected starting lineup, this is all according to this ESPN story here Xavier Johnson, Jalen Hood, Shafino, Miller Cop, Race Thompson, and Trace Jackson Davis. Uh, Obviously, I think those are names that we all believe. It mostly could be in the the running for uh, the IU starting lineup this year. But that's a look at headlines from across uh, IU and local sports here on this Tuesday program. We'll head to a commercial break when we come back. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier will join the program. We'll talk IU basketball, Xavier Booker, get into Big Ten football media days. We'll have an extended segment coming up with Mike Schumann after the commercial break. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.
0: We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for
2: all the small schools who never had a chance to get here.
0: Join Matt daily at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective.
1: Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison We're back on this Tuesday program. Thornton's text line is 502-414-1450. Again, 502 502- 414 Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. My guest in this segment on Tuesdays, thedailyhoosier.com, is where you can read Mike's work and also follow him on Twitter, at daily underscore Hoosier. Mike, so much to get to today. Football and basketball. Let's lead with Xavier Booker and his list cut yesterday. Ten schools. And I don't think any surprise that Indiana, one of those 10 schools on the list. But he is beginning, it appears, to make some progress to ultimately trimming this thing down and making a decision at some point. Yeah, I
2: mean, not a not a major cut there by, by any stretch. Um, don't know how much uh, fluff is in the list, how many of those schools he's really taken serious. Um, obviously, when a kid blows up in a recruitment like he has over the, the last, uh several months it's just a kind of almost becomes a necessity to to cut the list to some degree uh just to to you know get the the get the phone to <laughs> quiet down a little bit uh so to speak so i think as much as anything that, that that's what that was cut was about just to you know for, for at least the schools that that they just knew that hey well we're just not going to take that school serious at all just to get them to stop calling um I think that's what it was. But there's probably still a handful of schools on that list that maybe aren't really legit contenders as well. But, you know, it'll just be a process.
1: Has Xavier made any comment at all uh, before or after this list cut as to when he wants to make a decision? It seems, Mike, the reason I ask this, because with how his recruitment has blown up in, in a list cut of 10 schools, that's that's still a lot of options It just this has the feel of a national recruitment that could really take some time for it ultimately to all play out. Any insight on to when this could come to a close, or at least another cut?
2: I mean, when I've talked to him, he said, you know, before his high school season starts. So, you know, that that's right around uh, mid to late November would be the the best I could estimate on, on what he's thinking i think that's a common time you know both for the player to, to to narrow things down as well as for you know for the first signing period to go ahead and get that out of the way so that, that's where it seems to be with him um uh it, it, it's interesting that the term national recruitment that, that was one of the things that kind of stood out to me with with his with his list yesterday as a, you know There had been talk of schools like Kentucky and and Duke getting involved that they were not on the list. So it does seem to be regionalizing a a bit, which has always kind of been the the feel for the schools that have taken him the most serious and prioritized him the most, the the Purdue's, the Notre Dame's, the Ohio State's, Indiana, Michigan State. Those those might be the ones that I think are, are really... You know, pushing the hardest and the most involved at this point.
1: You know, I'd have to think back a long time, and I follow high school basketball uh, and recruiting in our state really close. But I would have to think back a long time to name a player that had uh, such an off-season thus far that Xavier has had. It started with a state championship, uh, and then after that, in front of coaches in the spring, he was magnificent and uh, saw his recruitment just grow and grow and grow. Went to the Pangos camp in June in the middle of some high school uh, summer league stuff with Cathedral, won the MVP award. And uh, again had so many guys tracking him in the month of July. And I mentioned earlier today, and we've said this before, but the interesting thing is, you know, IU watched him as much or more as any other twenty twenty-three prospect, I'm guessing. But it's it's a little bit of extra work to watch him because Oddly enough, he, he he's not on an Adidas or a Nike team. He's not on one of the big circuits. So I'm sure, yeah, there's probably some other players at these events that IU and other coaches don't mind to watch and, and see if they can find someone. But uh, they really had to make some specific effort, it looks like, primarily just to go to that event, that location in another city sometime uh, and watch him. So a uh, very interesting recruiting and uh, again, hard to think of someone else in our state that has blown up in recent years the way uh, his recruitment has this off season.
2: Yeah, th- there's no doubt about that. It does seem like usually a player that ends up in that kind of standing, you know, a five-star in-state, you know, top-ten type of kid, we're usually talking about him for, for several years before they get to this stage. Um, obviously he he was on the radar last year indiana offered him last year but the, the real you know kind of nationalization of his recruitment the blowing up where everybody's talking about him that really occurred this summer so so you're right that it, it has been an interesting phenomenon i, I know just in talking to him you, you could just read his body language he was exhausted from just the all the attention and all everything that was going on um but but by the same token, his he and his family have really not shied away from it. I mean, they've they've gone to every event. They've uh, you know they just by virtue of only narrowing down to ten, it tells you they're they're still you know not going to make a a quick brash decision here. They're they're really going to consider everything and not let the magnitude of it all push them. So it, it's been a really interesting process to watch. I, I can't really find a a parallel, you know, on the top of my mind for this one. It's just been, uh, you know, an interesting one in a lot of different ways, and and I'm going to be interested to see how it plays out. All
1: right, let me ask you one final Xavier Booker question. Um, I've mentioned that I think Indiana is the kind of school – Uh, that will be with him until he makes a decision if that that means if he were to cut his list another time or two I think Indiana this is just my opinion would make the cut Uh, but I'm not sure Indiana ultimately lands Booker there have been all sorts of rumors and message board conversations about this but do you have any insight I mean ultimately your opinion does Indiana have a legitimate chance here to land this in-state guy
2: I think they do have a legitimate chance. If if you were asking me to say, you know, take Indiana versus the field, I, I would certainly take the field. I think it could go a lot of different ways. Um, you know, I told you the the schools I think are the the most legit. Um, I would probably think Purdue, Notre Dame, Michigan State would probably be my favorite. So Ohio State is, is another legit school. So, you know, I, I would probably say he's going to end up at one of those places before he ends up at but Indiana. But, you know, I think, you know, to your prior point there about him playing on the independent circuit, you know, you as a coaching staff, you had to decide – you know, with only four coaches out on the road with only five days of a live period you had to decide if you're going to recruit and save your book or you had to make a special trip for him because there was there was nobody else there indiana was was serious about him milwaukee over the weekend and they mike woodson was there for for two straight days just to, to watch him so that tells you that they are still serious about him and if they keep pushing on their end um i think you know i think they're gonna have a shot i think what the one thing xavier booker has cons- consistently told me is that he really likes the iu coaching staff he really has a good vibe with them um not just mike woodson but the entire staff um that's something we've heard not only from booker but from just about any recruit that that comes on campus and talks with the staff so uh, the the fact that they're close to home, I think that the Booker family is very close. His parents are with him every step of the way, so I, I'm sure that has some appeal and that is part of what frames me. And when when I talk about the other schools, they're they're all close to home. I I think that ultimately that's going to have a lot of pull with them.
1: Yeah, interesting stuff, Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, my guest, Gabe Cups. Uh, he'll play tonight at 9 p.m. On ESPN, It's Cups and his Midwest basketball team against uh, Bronny James and Strive for Greatness. That's an interesting matchup. Uh, a lot of people want to see Cups, maybe haven't seen Cups play an actual game yet. Then, of course, you tie in his relationship with LeBron and his family. Kind of an interesting late-summer matchup tonight for basketball fans fiending for a little live action.
2: Yeah, they, they've had a lot of fun this summer with kind of putting together these matchups. I think this will be like the third or fourth time that – that Gabe and Bronny have either been, you know, on the court as teammates or opposing each other. Um, there, there is a close friendship that goes all the way back to prior to high school when when they were teammates on a 7th and 8th grade travel team that, that LeBron coached and had all kinds of people that are still, you know, kind of teen uh, icons or idols, whatever you want to call them. You know, Gabe has, like, over... Close to 400,000 Instagram followers, and it all goes back to his connections to uh, LeBron and Bronny, and um, they've kept it going all the way to this summer with, with games like that. And it, it will be a good chance for Indiana fans who have not had a chance to see Gabe play. Um, what I would encourage is to to not look for some you know high volume score because I don't think he's ever going to be that at Indiana. I think he's. he's the consummate point guard he's a facilitator he's always looking to to make the right read the right play I think he wants to be a better finisher around the rim and be a guy that can you know score 10 to 15 points in a game if you need him to but he'll have games where he scores you know two points and has eight assists and one turnover And, and that that will be the way that he impacts games at the college level probably more often than not
1: yeah, you know, going to be fun to watch him in that matchup tonight. I guess uh, college coaches can't be there. It's going to be on ESPN. It's just it's kind of a made for TV summer basketball event. That's what these what four or five games tonight I think are.
2: Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, I, I think Bronny James is probably the the real uh, appeal there that will get eyeballs to ESPN because you know everywhere I've been this summer, where he's been, including Peach Jam last week. Uh, If he's on the court, there's a crowd not just in the gym but out the door trying to get in the gym. Um, Everybody wants to have a a peek at, you know, Bronny James. Um, You know, it's a lot of pressure on the kid. But he's actually been playing well here in the last few weeks. I think he's going to be a kid that ends up going the the pro route out out of high school um, but but still, I, I think he's you know he's the reason why this game's on ESPN. But it's fun for any NFL fans to, by virtue of that, to get a chance to see Gabe Cups play.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Mike Schumann, my guest. Mike, I mentioned earlier today. And anytime we talk about IU for next season, there's excitement. There is no question about that. But I mentioned Indiana, number 15 in a way early ESPN ranking there. There was no forward movement, no backwards movement. They uh, held right where they were the previous time ESPN updated. Uh, their ranking of college basketball teams for next season. And I read the little uh, capsule paragraph that went with the ranking, and also uh, they they did a – this is fun to look at, a nice job projecting starting lineups for their top 25 teams next year. And I mentioned that ESPN has Xavier Johnson and Jalen hood Shafino, a freshman, uh, Miller Kopp. Race Thompson and Trace Jackson Davis. Do you agree with Miller Cop in the projected lineup and anytime we we mention starting lineups it gets text messages coming in and people have a lot of opinions and I I know on that. So I'm curious your overall opinion as well about a starting lineup for next season.
2: Well, I think that's a good tell of, you know, where the fan base's mind is and and I would agree that if there's Vulnerability for a returning starter to to lose their spot—that that's the one at the three. Not not because Miller Cop's not a, a good player, or you know Indiana's going to be bad if he ends up being the starter. But I just think that's where the most uh, talent is to potentially supplant him. You think about a, a Tamar Bates, a Trey Galloway. A um, you know everybody's talking about Caleb Banks this summer, uh, you know even him. Uh, it could Jordan Geronimo's trying to get there. It could go a lot of different directions, and so you know it's it's fun at this time of year to to talk about that stuff and to think about you know how Indiana could look different. I mean uh, I broke consistently last year that you know I I didn't think Miller copp was a dynamic enough player at the three. You know, I think he's a good shooter. I think he's a better shooter than than what he's shown at times. But but what else does he bring you? I I don't think he's great off the dribble, and I don't think he's a great defender. So if somebody can step into that shoot into that spot at the three, I I think it elevates Indiana. And I think maybe you know you mentioned Indiana consistently being kind of at that fifteen. I I think that's what the question is. You know, I don't think anybody questions Xavier Johnson or Trace Jackson Davis. Uh, you know, the combination of, of Ray Thompson and Malik Reno at the four, uh, Jalen Hutch, you know, wherever he ends up in the backcourt. But it, but it is at that three. That's exactly what Mike Woodson said in his final press conference after the St. Mary's game. Is that, You know, they needed to be better on the wings, especially on the defensive end. And so that, you know, I, I think it's easy for a national writer to say, yeah, Miller Kopp's going to be the starter because they just look at last year and say, okay, he started every game, so he's going to be back and starting this year. But, but I think if Indiana really takes that jump beyond number 15 and really becomes a serious national contender next year, it's because somebody else is going to really step up and, and push him at that spot.
1: I think the one burning question I have after all this excitement around IU basketball is Jalen hood shafino as good as what he's being touted or maybe even better than what he's being touted. I hear so much, even in practices in Bloomington, he doesn't get sped up. He is always in control of things. And uh, we saw a lot of that, you know, playing extremely high level of high school basketball uh, this past winter. A lot of his games were on TV. Montverde Academy down in Florida is a national championship caliber high school team every year. Uh, so I'm curious how all that translates into games and specifically into the Big Ten because if he is, is what people are saying – uh, we may be even more impressed with what he's able to do his freshman year than what we initially thought when he committed to Indiana.
2: Yeah, there, there's no doubt about that. I mean, one of the things I don't think a lot of fans understand, I know I certainly didn't understand it before I started doing what I do, is that you know when, when you play at a Montverde Academy, you are playing not, not only in games all year, but in practice all year, in scrimmages all year against – elite, you know, D1 competition. And so getting a guy like him, getting a guy like Malik Reneau, you're you're getting a different caliber of player when it comes to their readiness at at the college level. So, you know, I'm hearing the same things you are, that that he's come in and he's looked the part. You know, I think it would not be surprising at all if he he ended up starting from from day one. Um, When I watched him last year, the, the only question I had is could he, you know, be a shot maker, you know, specifically from behind the three-point line. I think he's really good as a finisher. I think he's good in the mid-range. But if he's going to play alongside Xavier Johnson, I, I think he needs somebody in that two-spot that was really a shot maker. Um, people are saying that that's what's going on at practice right now. Now I know it's just practice. It's got to translate it in November, but that goes to my first point. I think you're talking about a different kind of guy that, you know, maybe, you know, the things you hear about in practice are translatable and he's doing it in practice against really high caliber talent as well. So I I think it's going to be real interesting to see what he looks like in November? Can he be an immediate impact kind of guy? I, I would put my money on yes, but it's, he's got to be able to make threes to really kind of uh, be everything Indiana needs at that two spot.
1: Mike, one player I'm not sure I've had had his name come up at all, or had one question for uh, anyone like you on, on the show. But Logan Duncombe, if he if he gains a little weight, and I've heard you know rumors that maybe he's beginning to to take the weight room really serious and, and pick up a little poundage. Uh, can he help Indiana in a reserve role at all next season?
2: I think he can. I mean, I, I think, you know, I think Race Thompson is obviously a four, although I could see him playing the five in a pinch. Same probably goes for Malik Renault, although I'd say he's a little bit more of a five than Race. But but Logan has always kind of signed on to the fact that, that he's a center, wants to be a center, and, you know, buys into that description where a lot of guys don't these days um uh, there, look there's going to be days when you know trace jackson davis gets in early foul trouble or you know there, there could be injuries or, or whatnot but there's always a time when, when guys get pressed into the service that you didn't expect them to be um and, and so i think yeah it would be a very good thing for indiana if, if logan Duncan was further along this year um both from a you know, strength, physicality, um, and and also skill standpoint. Uh, one thing about him that will always stand out is watching him in his final summer of AAU go head to head with Caleb Burst at Purdue and and really dominate that matchup. Um, he, he's a guy that can be physical. He he has skill. He just wasn't ready last year, which you know goes to that point. I mean, he was playing high school basketball in Cincinnati. It's just not the same thing. No one really expected him to come in and dominate. Uh, as a freshman but he's got a lot of nice attributes he's got really good length he's got a real toughness and a real motor about him that i've always thought of him as a guy that's going to be a meaningful contributor as an upperclassman but hey if he can if he can get there a year earlier than people expected yes i absolutely think he can deliver you know value in a off the bench type role next year
1: all right, Mike, I know we're awaiting Tom Allen to hit the podium around noon from the Big Ten Conference uh, for media days. If you have a little extra time, can I get into some football stuff with you today? Can you go a little longer with me?
2: Yeah, I'm okay. on my way to, to Lucas Oil, but I, I got a couple extra
1: minutes. Okay, well, just tell <laughs> tell me if you need to hop off. I know you're in route. But uh, projections yesterday, the unofficial media poll, a lot of the beat writers get together and vote on uh, the Big Ten Conference, Indiana dead last in the East Division. We know in uh, the East Division always is tough. It's a lopsided uh, deal in the Big Ten. If you look at the East and West, I think a lot of us would agree on that. Uh, I, I think everybody uh, is is looking for the Big Ten to eventually eliminate divisions. That seems to be the path that conferences are going. But uh, is, is that a, a, an accurate vote, you think? Would you have agreed with that in your ballot Uh, Indiana last in the East, uh, the always tough East division?
2: I don't know if I would have agreed with last. I mean, I think how people are getting there is they look at probably Indiana and Rutgers being the the bottom two, and they play in New Jersey this year, so maybe that was just kind of the the tiebreaker, if you will, for for who to put in that that bottom spot. I mean, look, the the bottom line is Indiana – has to beat Rutgers. They they have to beat Maryland at home. Um, they, you know, got to beat Illinois. The the and you got to beat Purdue. The, those are the games that if you want to have any kind of season, um, th- those are the games that that in my opinion could go either way. I I'll keep saying this until they prove me wrong. I don't think Indiana is anywhere near as good as they were in 2020, or anywhere near as bad as they were last year. Um, but there's a recency bias when, when you do polls like this. You know, everybody loved IU at this time last year. I think those same people in that same poll had IU third in the Big Ten East. Obviously, that was way off. They could very well be way off th- this time around as well. Um, it's just those 50 50 games that, that I mentioned that are going to make and break the season.
1: Yeah, no question. Mike, final question as you head into Lucas Oil to talk to Tom Allen. What question do you have for Tom Allen today?
2: One I have that I find real fascinating is a recruiting question. If you look at the um, just the sheer number of commits that Indiana has in the class of 2023 compared to every other school in the Big Ten, they're way behind. And uh, I'm curious of Coach Allen's. Story as to why that is, you know, I, I could tell you theories like things like, you know, the lack of success last year, uh, NIL type stuff, or or maybe it's just you know, don't focus on on what the numbers say in July, focus on them in December, and, and you know how many players are they really looking to add in the class, but things like that. So I'm just curious to get his story because right now it's a real outlier, but you know. It, dangerous to focus on that kind of stuff in july so i'd like to get his explanation on that um we get to talk to taiwan mullen aj barner and cam I'm just kind of curious to see also kind of comparing and contrasting the, the mood of the team versus this time last year and what kind of you know asking coach allen you know does he feel more comfortable coaching from this position where expectations are low uh versus last year when expectations for, are high and how he's adjusted his approach over the last year
1: yeah good stuff mike schumann of the daily hoosier check out his coverage of coach allen and big 10 media days later today at the the daily hoosier.com and mike thanks for going a little longer with us today
2: thank you matt always enjoy it.
1: we will head to a commercial break when we come back jamie kaiser is on campus for an official visit uh in bloomington we'll tell you about that and it seems like his his decision uh day could be nearing close and uh More on Jamie Kaiser. Also, uh, the transfer portal. Could it get even wilder in college sports? We'll talk more about that coming up after the commercial break as well. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennis. and we're back on this tuesday program i mentioned a lot of big visits coming up for iu basketball beginning this week and the first uh, we'll close out later today jamie kaiser from the class of 2023 a name that it seems that indiana's been involved with now for some time has been on campus and just a little bit more about him his name probably hasn't come up as much because of how long indiana's been involved as maybe some of the other names and then Xavier booker just tends to dominate the recruiting headlines because he's blown up so much and he's from Indianapolis and so forth. But Jamie Kaiser is originally from Burke, Virginia, but he played last season at IMG Academy down in Florida. So kind of similar uh, on on the same path as a Montverde Academy, playing a lot of big time competition, no state tournament, elite level of, of travel in high school basketball. A small forward, maybe a wing forward, maybe a little shooting guard as well. Six foot six. 200 pounds. I think it's thought that the primary competition for Indiana uh, in the recruitment of Kaiser is Maryland, Virginia, UCLA, and Miami of Florida. Kaiser's already been to Maryland and Virginia. He's got a visit scheduled later this summer to UCLA. Maryland is, I think, kind of looked at as the favorite for Kaiser given his location and uh, original location in Virginia and how long they have been recruiting him. He looks to make a decision. I've seen reports say sometime in August or early September as school gets back in uh, down at IMG Academy and uh, somebody that uh, definitely uh, has connections to IU through Kenya Hunter, he has been the chief recruiter for Kaiser. Uh, Kenya Hunter, a lot of ties to that D.C. metropolitan area and uh, the New World AAU program, which is a big Adidas program that uh, Kaiser has played on the last few summers. So uh, there you go. That's a look into Kaiser's visit on campus uh, that wraps up a little bit later today. And, uh, again, the big question, I think, is Indiana's in a good spot, but can they – Can they best Maryland, who is the perceived favorite uh, in the ongoing recruitment for Jamie Kaiser? Had to mention this, um, today the transfer portal has been crazy, and I think it's completely changed and reworked the duties of a college basketball head coach, and obviously assistant coaches as well, and it's totally changed the recruiting process. It's taken away, I think, a lot of opportunities from high school players uh, coming out of high school, going to college. Uh, the importance of their recruitment is that uh, maybe not there because there's so much movement with rosters. Some of it happens late. Some of it the coaches are blindsided by, their own players. They have to re-recruit them uh, at the close of every season. You've heard Mike Woodson, a lot of coaches saying as soon as the season ends, you have postseason meetings. You get you try to find out right away who's locked in, who's on the fence about returning, and maybe who's not going to come back uh, next season. And you try to find that out as soon as possible so you know what to do yourself in the transfer portal and in the high school recruiting process. But last week, we mentioned this, but last week uh, news broke that the NCAA Division I Council had recommended eliminating the restriction that uh, against players transferring multiple times. So, if the transfer portal could become wilder, I think we're going to see it because it should be approved uh, when it goes to the NCAA Board of Directors on August 3rd. That folks will be at players will be able to transfer uh, every year if they want. It's possible, I guess, that someone could play four, or I guess maybe if a, a graduate transfer five different schools in five seasons, which would be nuts. You know, there's always been the ability uh, since the transfer portal came about to have two transfers, at least where you're immediately eligible and you don't have to sit out. Uh, You could transfer once and become eligible the following year, no questions asked. Uh, And then obviously after your uh, graduate or your undergraduate degree is obtained, uh, you can uh, immediately become eligible a second time at a new school as a graduate transfer. So this, I think, only further complicates the uh, recruiting process for high school prospects. I think it only further complicates the jobs of assistant and head coaches, but it looks like it's going to happen and be official here about a week from now when the NCAA Board of Directors meets. So... Interesting stuff um, going on right now in the world of of uh, college, uh, really football and basketball, driving the ship here. And then one other thing, there's a transformation uh, committee that the NCAA has put together. And uh, in this same CBS report that I was reading this morning, um, there appears to be an Coming recommendations that would give more authority, more power to conferences where they could set their own rules about some transfers and other things and so uh, for the Big Ten and the SEC who are leading the way right now it's only going to make them more powerful and just just a crazy and changing time uh, in the world of college sports right now there is no question about that and this transfer portal getting ready to become more wild it appears and uh, more uh, input from the conferences more rules perhaps at the conference level and really de-emphasizing, I think, the importance of the NCAA. And I'm not so sure that that part of it is not a bad thing, but I'm not sure about the transfer portal uh, and giving uh, players an opportunity, I think you'll, it's like free agency. I think you'll see players going somewhere different every year, uh, where they think they can maybe have the most success and score the most points and get the most minutes. And uh, so it's going to open up the wild. It's already the wild, wild west in college basketball and recruiting, uh, and football too. We just talk more basketball on the show, but I think it's only going to get crazier uh, in the future seasons if this becomes official on August third. One other thing to mention, uh, I saw this on. CBS Sports earlier today, who is the best overall in college sports? Well, there's a formula that they put together that weights the different sports and uh, takes a look at college athletic programs across the country. Michigan uh, first in college sports. They had the best score overall, uh, Notre Dame second, Ohio State third, North Carolina fourth, Arkansas, fifth. I saw three schools from the Big Ten in the top ten Michigan, Ohio State, and kind of surprisingly, Iowa. They do really well at some of the Olympic sports and wrestling. Uh, but three Big Ten schools in the top ten. Michigan, right outside the top ten, at number 11. For Indiana, uh, you'd have to go all the way down to 62nd. That is where the Hoosiers rank overall in college sports, according to these metrics and this weighted scale put together to evaluate who has the overall best athletic department. Uh, in college sports that's going to wrap things up for this Tuesday edition of the program if you miss our show or one of the interviews you want to go back and hear something we're available as a podcast we're basically there anywhere you listen to podcast all you got to do is search for the Hoosier report with Matt Dennison and you'll find us there so uh, look us up if you missed us and uh, you can find us uh, as a podcast. Anytime. We'll be back with you on Wednesday. We'll recap everything Coach Allen has to say at the Big Ten Media Days. He'll be speaking in just minutes. You can watch that on the Big Ten Network, and uh, we'll recap everything for you coming up uh, on Wednesday. Again, our show live at 11 a.m. Thanks for being with us today. Back with you on Wednesday at 11. We've got Dustin Pirac of the Bloomington Herald-Times also with us Wednesday on the program uh, will be Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, as we go through some local stuff. Uh, until then, have a great day. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.